Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Our Matrix server is about as free as Internet chat can be. Join the existing rooms or create your own at chat.freetalklive.com. What's up, y'all? This is Liberty and Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network. Well, every week on our daily podcast, Good Morning Liberty, we do something called Dumb Bleep of the Week. That's where the Fed Haters Club gets to vote on the dumbest thing. We got 10 of them. Let's go. It's Donald Trump for Dumb Bleep number one, because Donald Trump has been out there arguing about presidential immunity. And this quote, actually, we'll just play the video of what he has to say here. Let me go to, this is from one of the Krasenstein out here, Donald Trump. Here we go. And on the big screen. Do you agree with your lawyers what they said on Tuesday that you should not be prosecuted or could not be prosecuted if you ordered SEAL Team 6 to kill a political opponent? Well, you're talking about a totally different case, the immunity. I say this, on immunity, very simple, if a president of the United States does not have immunity, he'll be totally ineffective because he won't be able to do anything because it will mean he'll be prosecuted, strongly prosecuted perhaps, as soon as he leaves office by his by the opposing party. So a president of the United States, I'm not talking just me, I'm talking any president has to have immunity. I don't like this idea. Yeah. Let me just tell you that for Dumbly number one. I'm not a fan <laughs> of this idea. We should be able to get away with anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Otherwise, the other, other party is just going to put us in prison. One of the arguments that uh, his lawyers made in court uh, had to do with him. If he had SEAL Team 6 take out a political opponent. That he like he would have immunity from this. I don't know the entire context of the argument, but you heard it right there. He is arguing that presidents should have immunity from the things they do while they're in office. My suggestion is, like yours, I'm sure Charlie would be, don't break the law. Yeah. How about if and if the if we've made it to this point where we're saying, yeah, a president just can't do anything without breaking the law. I don't know. I think maybe we shouldn't have presidents anymore. Yeah, I don't. I don't By know his what to logic, do. everyone should have immunity because we'd all be scared to do anything mm-hmm. because we don't have immunity. You know? <sighs> yeah, we don't. We're all ineffective. Or how about this? No one has immunity, and we just put each president in prison for whatever laws they broke while they were in office. But and you, let's just set that precedent. You remember his on the campaign trail? You remember his uh-huh. speeches? He's out there saying we are a nation of laws. Law and order? Yeah. Law mm-hmm. and order. Keep the peace. Law, we were all about, we're the party of law and order. He said, except for presidents. He did say that in there. You know? <laughs> except for me. Yeah. And well, I he guess, wasn't just talking about him. He was I guess for Joe Biden, too. He wants presidents. He doesn't yeah. support this this impeachment thing with, with Biden right now, I would assume. You know, no, he must not. People, uh, how about just everyone in government? Can, no. any, can anyone in government truly do their jobs without uh, breaking laws? Yeah. Charlie. Now, the truth is, there's uh, at least all the presidents in our lifetime have definitely broken the law. Yeah. So they should all be prosecuted. Mm -hmm. Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm all for it. Although, let's give the devil his due here. I think what he's trying to say is that if we set this precedent, then it's just going to keep happening. Mm -hmm. So the Republicans are going to prosecute Biden, and then it's just going to keep happening. I think that's what he's trying to get at. But he's actually taking it a step further, which is saying that we need to codify 
immunity for presidents of the United States, which is insane. Well, what he's asking is that we go back to see in the old days before Trump broke this glass ceiling. Yeah, the kings. old days. The old days. No, I mean before last year or the year before, whenever it was, we all used to accept the fact that presidents just broke the law, and nothing ever happened. And that's what Trump is asking for us to go back to, because presidents have not been prosecuted before, and all of them have broken laws. But he wants to, he wants it codified now. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. He wants to have some some precedents for the president on this matter. Mm. So that's dumb. That's dumb bleep number one. That's why that's why it's in there. So maybe he means, do they have natural immunity? Possibly. Is he talking about diseases? I'm not sure. I don't know. Okay, here's something. Uh, it's a real, it's a real thing going around. Uh, this. The uh, Robbie Starbuck, who's not someone I'd always take for putting real stuff out there, from a source at Delta Airlines, Delta is asking employees to capitalize black and brown, but write white in lowercase. Uh, Delta must stop this. Here is someone's screenshot that they put out. And um, if you're just listening right now, this is a inclusive language guide. It says race and ethnicity. Style note, capitalize black and brown and Delta communications. Unlike black or brown, white should be lowercase. Uh, when referencing race, ethnicity, or nationality, be as specific as possible. It is weird that they... Is this coming from their DEI classes? Yeah, I would assume so. yeah. this is their, what do you call the thing that you have to go through, the sensitivity training or whatever. Yeah. Um, racial sensitivity, I don't remember what you call it. Because I've never done that before, but I'm sure you've had encountered something like that. Nope, never have, actually. That's good. Yep. Um, they specifically say, unlike black or brown, you lowercase for whitey. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, that's kind of ridiculous. I wanted to pull up why they're doing this, because there are people who put out standards on this, like the AP, who's kind of like a standard. So they have this thing called like the AP style book or whatever they call it, explaining AP style on black and white. Even in the title right there, they capitalize black and lowercase white (laughs) (laughs) right there. Yeah. Go ahead, Charlie. All right. AP style is now to capitalize black in a racial, ethnic, or cultural sense, conveying an essential and shared sense of history, identity, and community among people who identify as black, including those in the African diaspora diaspora, and within Africa. The lowercase black is a color, not a person. AP style will continue to lowercase the term white in racial, ethnic, and cultural senses. Now, this isn't, this really isn't that new. If you go back and look at the Declaration of Independence, they capitalized all kinds of letters in there. Random, random yeah. things. It seems random. It wasn't at the time. And then you got Trump come in and he does all caps yeah, on everything, right. just uh, not to offend anyone. So does Karen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also now capitalize in, uh, indigenous in reference to original inhabitants of a place. These decisions align with longstanding capitalization of distinct racial and ethnic identifiers such as Latino, Asian American, and Native American, and African American. Now they're changing it to black. <laughs> Our discussions on style and language consider many points, including the need to be inclusive and respectful in our storytelling and the evolution of language. After review and period of cons- uh, consultation, we found at this time less support for capitalizing white. White people generally do not share the same history and culture <laughs> or the experience of being discriminated against because of skin color. That what they're saying right there is unlike white people, all black people are alike. Yeah. <laughs> In addition, AP is a global news organization and there is considerable disagreement. Ambiguity, ambu- ambiguity. I can't say that right now. 
ambiguity. That happens every once in a while. And confusion about whom the term includes in much of the world. We agree that white people's skin color plays into systemic inequalities and injustices, and we want our journalism to robustly explore those problems. But capitalizing the term white, as is done by white supremacists, risks subtly conveying legitimacy to such beliefs. <laughs> they, you, they can't capitalize white because white supremacists capitalize white. So if you capitalize it, then you're a white supremacist. What if you write it in cursive? That's the thing. Uh, I don't know. That would be racist. I'm not sure. But- so that's dumb bleed number two right there. This kind of thing is, is it's re- listen, is this a big problem in society? Like a lot of people having problems with this. I would say it's kind of ridiculous for this to be in your hiring packet at your job yeah. uh, at Delta and to be telling you capitalize. Nate, I'm asking you. I have no comment on the matter. <clears throat> you can capitalize if you want to. We should uh, ask your Asian ancestors. <laughs> It's too racist, Charlie, for the, for this podcast. I'm asking we questions. We don't say things like that on I'm here. I'm asking questions. How can asking questions be racist? Oh, it's because I'm white. Anything you um, do is racist. Plus, when you white. said white just then, I felt like it was capitalized. <laughs> I don't know if you meant it to I'm sound wh- like it was capitalized. White. Let's move on to the next dumb bleep. This came from the group. We heard about it yesterday. Leave your snow on your sidewalk and face a $500 fee in Cedar Rapids. Mm. How about that? How about it? That, that might come into play this weekend and also, early next week, all this freaking snow coming also, through. Also, whose sidewalk is it? This it's, is your sidewalk now? I guess it's yours. I it's thought, your responsibility. I thought the city owned but that. But it's a public sidewalk. Huh. It sounds like forced labor, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know. And Cedar Rapids not clearing your sidewalk of snow in a timely fashion could generate a fee of more than $500 if the city does it for you. Does it for you, meaning I guess it's your sidewalk, although they're implying that other people have the right to pass on that sidewalk, meaning it's public property, meaning what? that if the city does it for you, it's not for you, it's for the city because it's public property. And what do your tax dollars pay for? I'm, I'm Obviously not, sure. not clearing sidewalks. No, no, because they got to charge you if that actually happens. Mm. The code requires owners to remove snow and ice from their adjacent sidewalk within 48 hours of snowfall. Sidewalks are considered public right-of-way. But adjacent property owners, nonetheless, are responsible for them. Weird. How are you responsible for something that has been deemed a public good? Mm. It's important to understand the city is not in the business to make a profit from sidewalk snow removal. Solid Waste Superintendent Mark Jones said in a statement, there's an entire market of opportunities to contract this service or arrange for the generosity of neighbors, family. And the city would, need, would prefer no property owner face sidewalk abatement fees. So we ask property owners to maintain compliance. He noted clear pathways are important for many residents to reach a bus stop, businesses, or other destinations. Bring a shovel. Uh, Council member Scott Olson says he often gets messages in the winter from people who can't get to the store or church because a sidewalk is snowed over or too icy. And naturally, when the government gets a call from uh, citizens saying that the sidewalk needs cleared. The government then goes to the private property owners who don't own the sidewalk and then forces them to clean the sidewalk or fines them. And if they don't pay the fine, that's probably going to end up being like a tax lien on their house or something. I and would here's bet. the question. If it's your sidewalk, like what if you lo- like like snow? Yeah, I like snow. But it's not your <clears throat> sidewalk. It's a city sidewalk. I know because people can walk on but it. But it's your responsibility to clean it. And if it's yours, though, what, can you can you stop people from walking on it? Here um, in my community, the sidewalks are they're part of the it's the HOA's responsibility. Yeah. My neighborhood, everyone just fends for themselves. But we pay we pay a fee for that. Yeah. You know, like you pay. And you agree to pay that fee when you come in. 
So it's like it's all it's all contractual. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Robin Brunner, chief operating officer at this place that doesn't matter, says that the new fees are a mixed bag. People use wheelchairs or with have other. Is that what that says? Use wheelchairs or have other physical challenges rely on clear pathways. So a steeper penalty could help spur better compliance. (laughs) On the other hand, it could also be a hardship for property owners with disabilities who are elder or who are elderly or others who may physically struggle with the task. People with disabilities are twice as likely to have low incomes. And I suppose they also have to find a way to clear off the sidewalk in front of the house, I don't know. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, but the people who can't actually imagine, like grandma <laughs> keeps getting this five hundred dollar fine because she's not get the hell out there, grandma. <laughs> Clear that sidewalk. Really, this is your sidewalk, is Martha? This a real thing? Yeah, come on. Surely they have some type of carve outs for senior citizens or people who are disabled. It right? Doesn't look like it. I mean, there has to be something. Someone who. Uh, Bailey says they don't. Yeah, you could put a plow in your wheelchair. You put a blade <laughs> on the back of your wheelchair, and just, or I guess you put a, a front plow on there and just yeah. just really push through there. You know, like yeah. Stephen Hawking on his way to a, a midget convention, <laughs> some kind of thing. Little person, sorry. This one is dumb. I wouldn't say it's like off the wall dumb like other stuff, like slapstick dumb laughing at it. But this is a dumb premise anyway. Um, got submitted in the live group uh, so thanks for the submission a uh, 1964 supreme court case suggests the first amendment doesn't protect miss ginger miss gendering people miss gendering people yeah i was gonna say gingering people which is yeah trying to act like people have red hair when they don't <laughs> <laughs> but this is a different one this one is miss gendering people don't miss ginger me <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't pull, I don't, well, I do have the actual article here, but I I got caught up on, I became an expert on this court case today. So don't worry about that. While I was watching Fear the Walking Dead on my phone, I um, got caught up on this court case. And this happened back during the civil rights area. And uh, this lady named Mary Hamilton, uh, she gets in trouble for the uh, act of civil disobedience. She goes to court and she wants to be called Miss in court instead of Mary. You see, alleged, apparently what they used to do in places like Alabama where this took place is uh, they would call white people by Miss or Mr. or whatever. And then if there's a black person in court, they'd just call them either boy or girl or they would call them by the first name. They wouldn't give them what they call in this article, I believe, a honorific. Because she essentially refused to comply with them in court because she wanted to be called called Miss instead of Mary. She wanted to be called like the white people were called. Uh, she gets contempt of court. She gets fined. She goes to jail, uh, I believe, for five days. This goes up to the Alabama Supreme Court, and they uphold it. It goes to the U.S. Supreme Court, and they actually say uh, they have to call you Miss if that's what they call white people. And Mm. so actually your conviction is thrown out. And so she wins this court case because her preference was to be called Miss. So this article is taking this court case right here and saying that that means that the First Amendment does not protect misgendering people. Now that's a really dumb premise because first off, 
you'd have to be talking about government officers and government buildings and legal proceedings uh, even uh, to begin with, because that's where what this case was covering, because they found it under the Equal Protections Clause uh, in the uh, 14th Amendment. And that's why they said, well, if you're going to extend that honorific to uh, white people, then you got to extend it to all people. And that's what they found. See, I learned all this while I was watching the episode of The Walking Dead uh, earlier. <laughs> but what if you just want to call everybody by their first name, then? You just like, okay, we're not going to call anybody Miss. And so that's the thing. They actually got this backwards because calling uh, calling someone Miss or Mrs. Well, that, or, uh, or Mr., well, that actually is kind of gender specific. Um, that's actually just calling them something that isn't their name. Yeah. That's calling them something that's that's not their their given name or whatever it is. And this person was actually asking to be called something else like you call other people. In the opposite case, what would happen is you call everyone by whatever their biological gendered term would be. And you do that equally for everyone. So in fact, the equal protections clause wouldn't, uh, in my opinion, in my legal opinion would not apply because you're not extending what they call in this case, an honorific, which is a term that you're just calling people, uh, to be nice to them because they're white, and you're actually just calling everyone by whatever their biological lower gender case, pronouns are. Lowercase are. white, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, did I say it uppercase? Did it sound uppercase? Sounded, when I said, yeah, it okay. uppercase yeah. to me, yeah. Well, when I said black, I meant yeah. it uppercase, just so you know. Yeah. Um, anyhow. So now, so can, on this basis, can a white person sue a court? For saying lowercase white, but capitalizing black <laughs> under the Equal Protections Clause. Because if you're going to capitalize black, I would say if it happens, and you have to capitalize white. If you can capture this in some type of legal document documentation, then yeah, maybe you have a uh, maybe you got a case. But I don't you think, see how ridiculous all this gets. I don't think that means that in 1964 the Supreme Court said that you can't misgender people mm. under the First Amendment. Yeah. I don't think that's what it says. Oh, this was a dumb one. Uh, today, how would you describe it? Well, so someone, uh, the SEC tweeted out that the Bitcoin ETF was approved. Um, and then a couple other things. I can't remember all of them, but uh, it did not come from the SEC. No. The SEC's uh, Twitter or X account uh, was hacked. Mm. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, Twitter safety did an investigation. They confirmed that the SEC gov uh, handle was compromised and they completed a preliminary investigation based on our investigation. The compromise was not due to any breach of X's systems. So Twitter was not uh, breached in any way, but rather due to an unidentified individual obtaining control over a phone number associated with the SEC's account through a third party. We can also confirm that the account did not have two factor authentication Enabled at the time, the account was compromised. We encourage all users to enable this extra layer of security. More information and tips on how to keep your account secure can be found in our help center. So, these are the people, by the way, that should take over your health care. By the way, you're talking, <laughs> talking billions of dollars in market movement because, because of this uh, little mess up. Now, it would have happened the next day, probably, because... What happens on these things is that you buy the hype and you sell the news. Mm-hmm. And so it popped after this thing. And then, and then they came out and said, no, our account was hacked. It sold back off after that. That moved back up and the ETF actually came out. But 
And now it's back down. If you're doing, and it, yeah, it was down a bunch today. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. That's what happens. You buy the hype, you sell the news. It's in, um, it's people have been buying in anticipation of this. Yes, it was so, priced in. Yes, it was a already priced. This was not a shock that this happened. Uh, you were saying something though. It was shocked. It was maybe a shock that it was a day early. <laughs> yeah, that that was the shock. Yeah, the shock was. Well, what I was saying is, is that these, you know, these folks who work in the government mm-hmm. are the ones who should handle your health care, all your private matters. You can trust them with everything, and they simply can't even add a two-factor authentication. The securities. A security. An exchange commission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, people digging up old tweets is always a fun thing to do. The SEC says keeping your password secure isn't the only thing you need to do to prevent yourself from becoming a victim of cyber fraud. Here's more tips. Go to this website here from the SEC. <laughs> Was that them or a hacker that posted that? I'm not sure. It could be a bad link. Um, Gary Gensler is the uh, chair of the SEC. says this is a reminder to secure your financial accounts as well as protect against identity threat and theft and fraud. Remember threat. to... Uh, Remember to use strong passphrases or passwords and set up multi-factor authentication. He says it right there. And keep account alerts turned on. Uh, so that's pretty good. By the way, I don't think we have two-factor authentication turned on. You don't? No. Oh, so if someone wants to try and break into that, let me you know. Let me know if you can do it. I have it on. Give it a shot if you want to. So the thing, the thing that annoyed me on this is that um, this mess up by them it undoubtedly cost people to lose some money. Somewhere that yeah. wouldn't have otherwise, uh, because it came a day early or whatever it is that happened. So you're um, you're wondering who do you file the complaint? With? Yeah, who's gonna who's going to discipline the SEC? You might have to file it with the president. Because if someone else would have tweeted this, if Elon Musk would have tweeted that, uh, oh hey look, the SEC they officially approved uh, the uh, Bitcoin ETF, and it turns out Elon Musk was making that up. Well, then they would support. Fines and lawsuits and people going after Elon Musk for whatever amount of damages that occurred. Because well, you that would day. file a complaint with the SEC. <laughs> yeah, the SEC would do an investigation, and then they would levy fines, like they did to Elon Musk when mm-hmm. he talked about taking Tesla private. Four twenty thing. Yeah. Um, can you file a complaint with the SEC on the SEC? I and then re- will the SEC investigate themselves and find that the SEC was negligent? in not securing their own account and that they are liable for people losing this money. And then they're going to, they're going to levy fines fines against against themselves. Mm -hmm. They'll pay them. I'll pay the fines immediately. Okay. That's of course uh, they're funded by taxpayers. So they, uh, so someone, I, I didn't look it up to see if it was true, but I had heard it before. Someone corrected something I said on Twitter was that the uh, SEC, is mostly funded by the fines that they levy on companies. Um, and I'm sure they have some kind they of government. Still have a I'm budget. sure they have some kind of government yeah. operating administrative budget. Uh, but I have not confirmed that. That's what someone says. We get a lot more to come on the Dumb Leap of the Week, Liberty at Night, on the Free Talk Live Network. See you soon. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or injured at work, you have rights and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good they stake their reputation on it. 
profit by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-524-3810 That's 800-524-3810 USA News, I'm Ryan Daniels. The Iowa caucuses, with former President Trump winning the state by a large margin on the Republican side Monday night. This is about starting the process for picking the most powerful human being in the world. This is the model for the entire country. Jeff Kaufman's with the Republican Party of Iowa. Ron DeSantis finished a distant second, followed closely by Nikki Haley in third. Entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy chose to bow out of the race after a disappointing finish. On the Democratic side, presidential preference votes were collected by mail-in tally and will be announced on Super Tuesday, March 5th. An Arctic blast is bringing dangerously low temperatures, wind chills, snow, and ice nationwide this week. The National Weather Service shows there are hazardous cold conditions from states near the border with Canada, south through the Appalachian Mountains, west to Montana, and even into the southern states. I'm Ryan Daniels, USA News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veterans nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few highlights. Extendivite works in keeping my blood pressure in the normal range. I have been using Extendivite for many years. Great product. I use regularly and I rarely get sick. This product has relieved what appeared to be angina pain in my chest and shortness of breath after climbing stairs. I'm quite happy about it. My husband, son, and I have been using this product for a few months now, and we have noticed an improvement in our joints and blood pressure. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. We still do email. Drop your email address in the entry box at freetalklive.com and you'll be kept in the loop with Free Talk Live. Number six, this is one that we talked about yesterday. 
Uh, it's got two parters and two things in here from Fauci. Uh, the main thing, the main headline here is that Fauci admitted in his closed door testimony that the six foot social distancing rule just sort of appeared and lacked scientific basis, even though everyone just went with it. You want to know what it is? What's that? They get $1.75 billion from Congress. Okay. So. Okay. So they do get some money from... That's from Congress, though. I mean, not taxpayers. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a Congress's bank account. Yeah. Bank account. Um, Fauci admitted that the six-foot thing was made up just in lack scientific basis. Think okay. about how many billion-dollar companies the government has. <laughs> oh, it's a lot. Too many. You know, like, Too if you make it to be a billion-dollar company, like, you're immensely successful. And we're talking about this small little agency, the SEC. They're, they get $1.75 billion. They're they're almost a two billion dollar company. Just a little rounding error, yeah, for the government. And they don't, and they can do things like this. Yep. God, sorry, well, I'm a little slow when I look these things up. I just um, think it's important to talk about. No, it is. I'm glad we were able to fact check that. Um, anyway, Fauci admitting that this was made up, even though everyone was following it, even though it kept people out of school. And by the way, this whole rule that helped keep people out of school, the made-up six-foot social distancing thing that the CDC went with, that everyone went with, um, he also said something that we missed talking about yesterday, that he is not convinced that kids suffered learning loss due to pandemic school closures. Oh, they didn't. Yeah. Hmm. That um, that no, I didn't bring in all of the all of the numbers, but... He's not convinced of it. He's not convinced. Yeah. And so... That's probably also in talking about the fact that we had a lot of school closures from this BS six-foot social distancing thing that had no scientific basis behind it. And then he also, I'm sure someone said, well, this caused learning loss and all that. And he comes back and says, I'm not convinced kids suffer any learning loss from not going to school. How about we just don't have them go to school anymore? Hmm. It'd be good. Did you see that? Fauci doesn't recall much about COVID pandemic. Yeah, I think he said he didn't recall over a hundred times in the testimony when they talked about the beginning of the pandemic. Hmm. So um, I remember it very well. Remember, because we covered it on the show about how uh, all these Democrats were calling people xenophobic for avoiding (laughs) Chinatown and all this stuff back in early March. That was late February, early March. And they they were all out there saying everything's fine, then no big deal, everything's fine. And then what do you know, March 9th. I can remember March 9th. I don't think it was March 9th. I think it was March 9th, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was March 9th because we I'm National sure. had the tornado on March. I thought that was the 10th. Was it? I thought yeah. it was March 4th or 5th. Mm, I don't remember. Oh, you, I think uh, you could be right on that, but probably not. Uh, let's go on to Dumb Bleep number seven while we're fact-checking this one. Uh, this is a post from the Daily Wire, but this is the Colorado Secretary of State. Remember, Colorado was the first one that moved to uh, remove Trump from their primary ballot. And she's being asked on CNN if there is a risk... Of disenfranchising voters uh, when you remove their choice from your ballot. Uh, Of course, she has things to say. We're finally moving on to some January 6th stuff. Remember, this week encompasses January 6th, so we can talk about some good things here. Uh, Here's what she has to say. Do you think that there's a risk here of disenfranchising voters? I think the biggest risk of disenfranchising voters happened on January 6th when Donald Trump tried to steal the presidency from the American people. Make no mistake, that is exactly what he intended to do. Uh, 
We are a country of laws and of constitutions. There are qualifications for office. Uh, so, for example. OK, so <clears throat> that's enough of that. Not disenfranchising. You know, what is disenfranchising was what happened on January 6th, even though uh, the vote went through and Biden took office and Trump left office and everything is fine. He's not um, there still. Yeah, yeah, everything ended up fine. You know, it is disenfranchising. You know, asking people to present an ID when they vote, that's, disenfran- <laughs> that's disenfranchising yeah. voters. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, just some kind of confirming that you are the person that you're voting for. That's disenfranchising. But this, when you literally remove the top choice for most of the Republicans from your ballot, that's not disenfranchising. When you take people off your ballot? Yeah. Uh-uh. When you take away options? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not disenfranchising. Like whenever you make it impossible for libertarians to get on the ballot in Tennessee. That's not she disenfranchising went, libertarian voters. You always have that deny, deflect. She went straight to deflect. Yeah. Yeah. January 6th. Yeah. Let me bring up <laughs> the day which will live in infamy. What I hate about this is how they've clearly, and we all know this, how they've built this up to be such a thing that it wasn't. An important thing to remember. And now they can use it. Yeah. By doing this insurrection, our democracy was almost taken away from us, all this. What are they saying was going to happen on January 6th? Are they saying that somehow these people with fire extinguishers and flagpoles were going to seize control of the United States government and that the vote was never going to go through and that Trump was going to stay in office and all the military leaders, they were all going to keep listening to Trump and no one was going to fight back against this at all because uh, people with flagpoles had taken over the U.S. Capitol for a couple hours, and if they just would have made it all the way in and they wouldn't have shot that Ashley Babbitt girl, then we would have lost our democracy that day, you know? And, like, you're actually supposed to believe that this would have succeeded? Like, the guy with the horns would still be in there with his, with yeah. his staff or whatever. I watched like, White House Down yeah. last week. And did they, they use guns or did they use they, flagpoles They used all kinds of stuff, and yeah. they still didn't win. Really? You know? Hmm. They they in fact took over the White House, but it still they still didn't make it, you know. So like the most annoying thing is that we're supposed to. Have pretend. you seen Olympus has fallen? Yeah, they had all kinds of stuff out there. All kinds they they were using yeah. javelin missiles. <laughs> they had RPGs. Pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. They had C 130s out there, you know, flying yeah. around shooting stuff. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, and they still couldn't. <laughs> still couldn't do it. Still couldn't do it. Uh uh-uh. uh. But uh uh-uh. uh. But the Republicans almost did on you know, January in, in, 6th. In designated, <laughs> in designated Survivor, all of them were just killed in an explosion in the first episode, except for one guy, this lowly guy, Kiefer Sutherland, the uh, transportation tra- secretary. Whatever, I don't know what I've seen. Like I think two it was episodes. transportation I, Yeah, something like that. And yeah, they were the still The last able, guy on the list. We still had democracy after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But not this. Mm. And so... It's so annoying that we're all supposed to pretend like this is almost the day that democracy actually almost died. Like there's was this was a couple flagpoles away from being successful. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's like when you get a hangnail, you know, and your whole <laughs> life is over. You just like over you just over dramatize. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Here we go. Number so. eight. Um, this MSNBC host. It's all so fake. That's the problem. 
That's the problem with this. Here's an NBC, MSNBC host. He's uh, interviewing a, uh, I think this is a Capitol Police officer. He's got a book out. I don't know if this is the one that's running for office or not. There's one who's running for office. This guy's got a book out. We'll see. And just the, the somber, this, it really hits this host hard thinking about all the people who died that day is Michael Fanone, former D.C. Metropolitan Police Officer, Courage for America Council Member, and author of Hold the Line, The Insurrection and One Cop's Battle for America's Soul. Officer Fanone, I'm going to try to get through this. Um, thank you for what you did three years ago today. Um, please tell me your thoughts um, on this third anniversary. <laughs> Um, (laughs) what is happening we are uh, I mean still in the midst of he's like oh I didn't realize we were method acting here Uh, let me get in the mood just like you know from Braveheart hold he held that line line. this actually is the guy who saved democracy right here that's why the guy's crying because of the the bravery that uh, took place Anything else? I actually haven't watched this clip. I was watching the the same fight that began uh, on January 6th, 2021. Um, And we have a lot at stake in this country. Uh, and I think that it deserves every American's attention to get through this. Officer Fanone, I'm going to try to get through this. Um, Thank you for what you did three- okay three years ago i do hope that this guy's face at this point is like okay dude a little too much <laughs> <laughs> i know we said somber tone and all that but uh this is not good okay <sighs> oh man that was funny it's so like it, this guy's really so choked up about what happened that you know no people, way keep googling how many people die every day in the u.s charlie 50,000? 50,000? 50, I don't think that's way too many. Is that too many? How many people, um, let's just see. Let's see how many people die every day uh, in the U.S. specifically. I should always just keep chat GPT up. Here we go. Let's see what they say. About 60,000. 60,523. I guess a lot of those are just old people. Not that that's not a big thing. Oh, wait, that's I don't just mean one that state. Way. Sorry, that's just one that state. That can't be. It can't have 60,000. Yeah. That's surely not. Yeah, man. I don't think so. Daily death rate in the U.S. according to chat oh, GPT. Oh, sorry, that's by year. 7,500 according to them. Uh, the seven-day average uh, runs... Oh, that's for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we talking a COVID year, Nate? Uh, no, no, non-COVID year. It is an election year, though, so maybe it'll be a COVID what? year later well, okay. on. Okay, I know about 50,000 people die every single year just from the flu. About 40,000 people die every year from car wrecks. Well, let me just tell you these daily numbers right here. Um, cancer accounts for approximately 1,600 deaths per day. This is from chat GPT, so it has to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, stroke results in about 500 deaths. Chronic lower respiratory disease, 400 deaths. Um, accidents, about 300 daily deaths, um, Alzheimer's, 200, diabetes, 150, flu, and pneumonia led to about 100 deaths per day, and suicide is responsible for 50 deaths every day. And 
So it's not that you wouldn't get upset when something bad happens or whatever, but I'm just really wondering if this guy is so choked up he can't talk. A professional news anchor is so choked up he can't talk because um, Ashley Babbitt got shot and uh, a, a cop had a stroke a day later. Um, I'm not really sure if that's really what he's getting choked up about. <laughs> Bailey said 15,000 people die from guns every day. Yeah. So <laughs> I just did all the math. children. I did the math um, based on, let's see, there were 3.4 million deaths in 2021. So it was about 10,000 a day, mm. almost 10,000 a day. So yeah, I would say seven to 10,000 a day. It's a big country, man. It's a lot of people. Yeah. It's at 7,500 a day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the last two here. But you're right. This one person. <laughs> Very important. And it was an insurrectionist that died. I mean, those are less than people. Yeah. So who even cares, right? Yeah. But it was the democracy that almost died. Yeah. Her name should day. be lowercase mm-hmm. in the news reports. <laughs> Joe Biden says, and this is when he was uh, he gave a speech on the uh, January 6th insurrection. He gave the speech out near Valley Forge. We'll talk about that here in a minute. It says you can't be pro-insurrectionist and pro-American. Hmm. I think that that's uh, absolutely gall darn wrong, in my opinion. That would, that would be an oxymoron. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so the funny part about this, and um, I think it was a guy from the LP who pointed this out, but he gave the speech at Valley Forge. Valley Forge is a place where the uh, Continental Army hold up for like six months. And um, Continental Army, by the way, was a ragtag band of insurrectionists who were fighting against their government uh, to try and form a new government. And so we gave the speech, anti-insurrection speech, uh, at Valley Forge, which is commemorating a group of people who were literally insurrectioning a government (laughs) (laughs) at the time. Yeah. I just think that that's a little bit ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's an important place, by the way. I was reading about it. They hold up there for about six months, and while they were there, they trained. And when they when they got there, they weren't they weren't all that just great. Farmers with pitchforks. Yeah, they had pitchforks, <laughs> and that was it. Uh, now they could over they could overflow the current U.S. government with those pitchforks. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, they they took that time to train and to get better and and uh, wrote a new field manual. And uh, when they came back out, turns out they were marching to the beat of their snare drummer better. Not not someone else's drum like they have been marching to, mm-hmm. but the army finally figured out how to get them to march to the beat of their drum. And then they turned, you, the rest is history. Mm. The rest is that the yeah. insurrection succeeded. Thank God. <laughs> so, yeah. anyhow. That's pretty dumb, Joe. All right, last thing. Kick it back to economics here. Charlie, how would you describe this? All right. MC squared. Oh, that's, that's not said. I think about this often. Um, this is a picture of somebody's door that has a, uh, a poster on it. Mm -hmm. Seems to be a, some type of, looks like a poster. We can confirm poster. Hold on. Project. Hold on a sec. Yeah. It is a poster. Okay. Yeah. Just got word. All right. There's a carrot on it. And it says, if we each grow a large crop, now they've capitalized every letter. That's weird. Of every word. You shouldn't do that. looks weird. Yeah. They said, if we each grow a large crop of different food, we could all trade with each other and eat for practically free. Grow food. No, I didn't read this before. (laughs) And it says food is free on the thing. Food is free. (laughs) 
So, what a genius this idea! Is a monumental plan. <laughs> monumental plan. I hope everyone here can get on board with that. Okay. Each of us. Now, how do we decide what crop? How do you decide what crop? That's what I want to know. Yeah. But each of us are going to get together, and we're each going to grow food. That's all. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to each be farmers. That way, we can all eat for free. Yeah. And then none of us ever have to pay for food again. No, it's free. Because I grew something that you wanted and you grew something that I wanted. Yeah. Now don't worry about like some guy who thinks he ought to be building houses. Then we need that guy to grow carrots. <laughs> okay. And not only that, like, yeah. it's not free because you're still laboring. You are laboring. To grow this food. That's true. And what if your food sucks and nobody wants to trade with you? Mm, that's yeah. not good. Like you grew corn, but it's terrible corn. And it doesn't taste good and insects are messing with it. It's all rotted out. What are you going to trade that for? Somebody's. You're going to trade that for Nate's ripe tomatoes? I got to. Okay, let's bump this up. You got a whole van full of tomatoes. (laughs) They're delicious. I like this guy's idea. Actually, in this case, I'm going to assume it was a girl's idea. Um, (laughs) It's a great idea, but because of the handwriting, yeah, the handwriting. Look at that W. Yeah. Um, No dude wrote that. If you took a handwriting expert, they'd probably be kind of confused because some of these letters don't match up multiple times. But whatever, whatever, we won't pay attention to that right now. Um, Let's slightly make it better. How about a couple people grow food because they're really good at growing food and they got the, they just have the skill to do it. Okay. I don't know what food they're going to grow. Well, and then like maybe you're pretty good at, uh, the building houses or whatever. No, that's too complicated name. Just let's just stick people, with food. Some people need houses, though. No, but like, we need free food. But what about the, how are you going to trade for free food? Like, if you don't have a guy building houses, though, what's he? I guess he has to grow food too. But we're all going to die of uh, exposure. These people already point. have houses, though. Okay, I mean, yeah. Don't okay, have to worry about this. How about this though? Instead, what if we each did what we were good at, and then we just traded? like a representation of the value to other people of the thing that we just did Mm. instead of doing that. Can we do that? Is that a good idea? (laughs) The Fed haters club just, they just brought up Chaz. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I forgot about that. We don't have to worry about the person building houses because housing is a human right. You're right, Bailey. So they're Mm -hmm. just going to be there. You don't worry about oh, that. Look around. The houses are already here, yeah. Nate. So that's right. We don't need... Who needs more houses? The houses You've are got, already here. You know how many people you could house in this place right here? Yeah. You fit a hundred people in here, probably. Probably. Just fine. Yeah. And they'd be better at growing the crops outside, too, to get all those people. So yeah. that's a that's a good idea. You probably grow food for all them. Grow them. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> just a step out of our making fun of this for... I get what you're saying, bro. It's back to being a bro now, I guess. Yeah. I get it. Do you think um, a bro would put a heart on there like that, though, and say food is free? That's true. Okay, yeah. it was definitely a chick. Yeah. <laughs> I get what you're saying, ho. <laughs> uh, but not everyone wants to grow food. Not everyone's going to be able to grow food. Instead, we should all do things that we're, that we're good at. And if we can't do a specific thing, maybe you can just exchange your labor for someone else who's doing a specific thing and they could facilitate you being able to build or you being able to farm or you being able to uh, make a paper so people can write stupid posters and put them up on doors, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and in fact, you would end up getting to the system that we have right now, mm-hmm. which is which is a bartering system. We just use a, By the me- way, we use a different means of exchange it was for literally- that system. 
It was literally like 130 years ago. <clears throat> Almost everyone was a farmer. Yeah. Almost everyone did this. This is this is literally what happened about 130 years ago. It's some people who stepped outside the box and they were uh, blacksmiths Very, or something, you know? They still grew their own food, probably. Nah, they were, they were Most people still grew basically their own food. The guy who's putting the shoes on the horses for the farmer, I mean, he gets food from the farmer, you know? You don't think his children were working the crops? <laughs> yeah, probably. In his were. own house? Something like that. Yeah. They could have been. That's because no one had anything. And then, and then as we developed as a society, as you said, people who were really good at growing food started trading with people who were really good at the horseshoeing or whatever the case is. And we, we are far more advanced now than that. But there, here's the biggest problem with that poster is they think <clears throat> that food will then be free. Yeah. You know? What's free but, mean? Well, you just keep a couple seeds, Nate, from your crop. That way you can plant again. Well, let's talk about what free means, though. Because when things aren't free, when you got to pay for something, what does that mean? That means that it's you not free. That's what that means. Well, it means that you spent time doing something. <laughs> and this is in exchange for paper, and so it's not free. But the very first thing you said about this poster was it's not free because you have to expend energy to, to grow the food. You have to spend time to do it, and so what you have to decide is: is your time best spent growing? whatever crappy food you're about to grow back there, or would it be best spent doing something else? And then you get paper in exchange, and then you exchange paper to the person who is growing the food instead of taking them some other kind of food. Yeah. Hmm. I wish sometimes I, I feel like being able to think is a burden, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I wish <clears throat> life could be this simple. You know, it like, used to be that simple and apparently everyone wished it wasn't anymore. No, but like <laughs> Nina Turner, you know, you could just, if I could just have these solutions and feel good about myself. Yeah. You know, that would be nice. And not think through it all the way. You know, imagine if you liked imagine. war and you thought that was a good idea, you'd be happy as a clam right now. Yeah. I swear. I, someone like Ben Shapiro, I could see his pants tense from here today. Lindsey Graham's at Chuck E. Cheese celebrating right now. <laughs> yeah, a party last night. You know, he's, yeah. He's ordering all the pizza, having himself a pizza Chuck and Cheese party. Uh, it's time to get votes in, by the way. Um, number one. We got poker to play tonight. <laughs> maybe. Come on. Yeah, I'm a maybe. I'm a hard. Jesus, Nate. I'm a hard probably maybe. You know often I ask Nate to hang out? <laughs> I knew you were, I told Lacey last night, I'm like, here's the deal. <laughs> I ask him to hang out all the time. And it, uh, 95% of the time he turns me down, which is why I don't think we're friends anymore. I'm a hot we're just, commodity. We're just. You see what scarcity does? We're. <laughs> We're not really friends anymore. It's just business. That's it. That's all we do. Uh, number one is Trump immunity claim. Number two is uh, Delta's inclusive language guidance. Number three is uh, shovel snow on public property or else. Number four is the First Amendment doesn't protect misgendering. Number five is the SEC account hacked because two-factor authentication wasn't turned on. <laughs> number six is Fauci admits that the six-foot was made up and he questioned learning loss by children during the pandemic. Number seven, removing Trump doesn't disenfranchise voters. Um, number eight, the MS MSNBC anchor crying. Number nine, Biden on the insurrection. Can't be pro-insurrection and pro-America. And number 10, this uh, epic economic 
idea, monumental idea. Let me tell you what. Uh, so get your votes in. Go ahead. There's not as many votes in as there are people hanging out. Uh, but uh, I think we have a clear winner here, and it's Dr. Anthony Fiaci admitting that six foot was made up and uh, didn't know whether or not kids had any learning loss during the pandemic. So that's the winner for this week. Folks, if you'd like to make submissions and do some voting, remember you can go to joingmail.com. We'll see you next week on Liberty at Night. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. 